Welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. All right, you want to open up your Bibles to the book of Matthew. We are going to read the story here of the wise men. The wise men is what we just read there, what Aiden read towards for us, the Christmas story. Folks, this is a story that we continually need to be telling. It's important because there are four important major events that occurred in the history of the world. And three of them have already happened. We're waiting for number four. Number one is found in Genesis 1.1. God created the heavens and the earth. That, your worldview should start with Genesis 1.1. Everything we have comes from God. He is our creator. He is the giver of life. He has given us everything. The world and all of creation is not created by us. It's to be created by God. That's what we call a God-centered worldview. You see everything around us through the lens of God's creation. That's why human life is so important. That's why Children are so important. We have to teach children the Bible. That's why moms and dads, it's so important that you bring your children to Sunday school. They need to know Bible stories. These stories we tell over and over again every Christmas, that needs to be indoctrinated in their mind. When they grow up, they want to be godly parents that tell their children the Christmas story. And that's important because we live in a culture we live in a time that folks just going about business as usual, it's very easy for you to think Christmas is about Santa Claus, Christmas gifts, uh, cooking, and great meals with your family, and giving gifts. And that's not why we celebrate Christmas. The Christmas is about the word Christ, or Christ, miss. That's about Jesus, and that's the story we tell. So all of creation, that's Genesis 1-1, the second most important event that occurred in world history occurred in Bethlehem, and what we will celebrate and remember on Friday. That is the birth of Jesus in the manger. That's the Christmas story. That's when God broke into the world and sent His Son via Joseph and Mary this young family, young couple that's going to raise up this child who will become the Savior of the world. That is why telling the Christmas story is so important because it's the second most important event in the world. The third most important event in the world, it's kind of a two-in-one package deal, it's over the Easter weekend. 33 years later after Jesus was born, Jesus died on a cross on Good Friday. He died. He didn't just die for any death. He died for our sins. And then three days later on Sunday morning, He was resurrected. That Easter weekend and that Passover event that occurred, that is the death and the resurrection of Christ. That is the third most important event in all of humankind right there. And we will celebrate that and absolutely remember that story in the springtime. And then the fourth most important event, and a lot of times we don't talk about this because it has not happened yet, but it's coming. Jesus tells us over and over and over again in the Bible, 
I am coming again. I am returning. Be watching out. Be looking out. There is a second coming of Christ. It will be sudden. It will be unexpected. But one day, if we have not passed away, Jesus, the Bible says, will split the eastern sky and we will see Him and there He is. And our fate will be sealed right there. We, we won't be able to get saved once Jesus comes back. You will either be saved or lost. Eternity is sealed for you. That's the second coming of Christ. And Bible tells us to be ready for that to occur. That's the fourth and final most important event in world history. So we're living in this time post-Easter, but anticipating the second coming. Christmas is the first coming. Second coming, we're anticipating. And that's the period we live in. In many ways, it's very similar to the time period, what was going on in Jesus' time. They were anticipating the first coming of Christ. They were waiting. There was an anticipation. They knew the Old Testament spoke about Jesus being born in Bethlehem, the Messiah was going to come. We know who the Messiah is, but we do not know when He's going to return. Our responsibility is to make sure we're ready. This Christmas season, this week especially, think about it. You're going to see some family, maybe some friends, and that gives you an opportunity. When people gather around your home, you make sure you tell them why we're going to say a Christmas blessing, a Christmas prayer, you use that opportunity to share the Christmas story. There's a lot of folks, they do not know why we celebrate Christmas. They don't. They think it's just uh, holidays of the world. Happy holidays. And so much more than that. It is much more. It is the foundation of our beliefs. Jesus is our Messiah. So I want you to turn here in your Bible. We're going to look here in the Scriptures in Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. This is right after, as I shared with the children here, Jesus is born in a, in a stable. He's placed in the manger. There wasn't any room at the end. They're kind of on the back part of a house or a cave. Just He's born literally in the barn, so to say. And they are uh, animals. There's just a, it's an interesting array of people probably around. And then sure enough, these angels on the hillside, they were probably nearby. Uh, They're shepherds on the hillside. Angels appear to them. They come and they meet Jesus. So that night, the shepherds showed up and it says they were amazed at what they saw. The angels rejoiced at the birth of Christ. So then, we come here to a little bit time later. Jesus at this point, when the wise men came, they were still in Bethlehem. They lived in Nazareth. That was their hometown where they were, where that's where they lived, but they had, remember, they had went to Bethlehem, but they got stuck there because they had a baby. But that was their, that was Bethlehem. The reason Jesus was born in Bethlehem is because there was a man in the Old Testament named David. He was the youngest of seven sons. His daddy was named Jesse. He was a shepherd boy. And God called him from the fields taking care of sheep. He was a little redhead. God called him up and he says, you're going to be the next king of Israel. And not only are you going to be the king of Israel, your house will never end. And 2 Samuel chapter 7 says God made a covenant 
an eternal covenant with David that the Savior of the world will come through his lineage. So sure enough, that's why Jesus could not be born any old place. He had to be born in Bethlehem in the house of David, the city of David where he was from. That fulfills an Old Testament prophecy called Micah 5.2. So we come here to these men were in the east, in this area called Persia. They were wise men, magi. They looked at the stars. And one day they saw a special star, a Christmas star, that was directing them to go to Jerusalem. And these men set out on a long journey and start walking, riding their camels or so, to Jerusalem. And that's where we see here how God is going to bring Gentiles, non-Jewish people, people from outside the land of Israel to come and worship Jesus. Jesus is worthy of our worship. Christmas isn't for us here in Lexington. This is a worldwide day of importance that we Christians all over the world should honor Jesus' birthday. The story I'm telling today should be told over and over again in every church. I want to tell you, it's actually a mal- it's ministerial malpractice for a preacher the Sunday before Christmas to talk about something other than Jesus is being born. When you're at Christmas, this story needs to be told. You need to tell about the birth of this baby and all the circumstances that occurred and surrounded it. So look here at these wise men. Now remember, at this point we're no longer in the manger scene. This is probably about a year later, so Jesus is now maybe a toddler. He's eating like his Gerber, uh, Gerber baby food. So he's growing up a little bit. Verse 1. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who's been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star at the rising and have come to worship him. They've showed up King Herod's palace. That's not good news. King Herod, this is Herod the Great, most wicked of all the Herods. Just so this man did business very easily. If, he didn't, if you crossed him, he didn't like you, you died. That's how you end things with other people. You put them to death. So he did that. So he was upset because he was a jealous king. Sure enough, here are these wise men asking about this new king that has been born. King Herod was half Gentile, half Jewish. So he kind of led over the Jewish people, but he did not necessarily follow the Jewish laws whatsoever. When King Herod heard this, he was deeply disturbed in all of Jerusalem with him. That's an understatement. He was, they were disturbed, Jerusalem, because they knew there could be some consequences. This is a jealous man, and he's getting word that there's another king that has been born. That's not good. So he assembled all the chief priests and the scribes of the people and asked them where the Messiah would be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they told him, because this is what was written by the prophet. What's amazing about this? All the chief priests and the scribes, the religious leaders, they knew exactly where the Messiah is supposed to be born. But none of them are even going to go down there to bother to look for him or worship him. They just knew their Bible. And, but they did not live their Bible, didn't bother to do it. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, 
are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, because out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Now look at this, verse 7, King Herod is a sneaky guy. Whenever people do things in secret, that means something's wrong. They're hiding something. If, if people, uh, you have a public meeting, and then people want to pull you aside and say, I need to meet privately, one-on-one about something. Your uh, red flag should go up in that conversation. So what's going on here? Something suspicious is about to happen, and it does. So we have our public meeting here. King Herod hears about these wise men, but then it says he secretly met with them. So he pulled them aside. He had had some personal words. Then King Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. When you find him, report back to me so that I too may go and worship him. That's a lie right there. King Herod has no desire to go worship the child. And the reason why he wanted to know the exact time the star appeared, not because he wanted to do some research on astrology, no. He wanted to find out the age of how old these children were, this, this baby king, how, how long ago it was that star appeared so he could kill them all. That's why. He's thinking murder. The wise men do not know. They don't know who King Herod, they, they just they do what they're to do. They're being played at this point. So they actually think they're on like some dignitary uh, mission where they're going to go and worship and then go back and report back to when the, how long it's been. They have no idea what's going on. So it says, after hearing the king, the wise men, verse 9, says they went on their way, and there it was, the star that had been seen and its rising. It led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. I personally believe that star probably didn't stay in the sky the entire time. And here's why. Remember, these men were in the east. They see a Christmas star appear over um, what they would believe is Jerusalem, which was actually probably Bethlehem. That started their journey. Here's why I don't think the star remained for them to see. Because it says in verse 9, and there it was. It's like they have this secret night meeting here with King Herod. He pulls them aside and says, I need to talk to y'all privately because I want to go worship. And then they walk outside and they look up and there it is again. That's the star that had led them over there and now it reappeared. And it said the star actually moved seven miles. I mean, the star is literally guiding these wise men over the house of where these Men need to go to meet baby Jesus. It's, putting, it's placing them to the exact location. And they are shocked to see the star. So it says, when they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Because these men were being guided by the star. They were overwhelmed because I believe it had disappeared. It first got them started, then it vanished, then it reappeared to place them at the exact location. God uses the stars. Why? Because He is part of creation. These four major events, everything in the world can be summed up. Creation, birth of Christ, death and resurrection of Christ, and the fourth one that has not happened, the second coming, which brings the world to end of Christ. 
we need to pound on these themes throughout world history. Those four events should shape everything you think of. God created the stars. If He wants to guide a little star seven miles by guiding the wise, the wise men, He can do it. There's no reason He can't do it. All of the universe is held in the Lord's hand. And these men understand that. They're guided by this, this star. And it says in verse 11, the verse that Eden read here, Aiden read, entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, its mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. These Gentiles fall to their knees and start worshipping Jesus. This is a one-year-old. If you fall to your knees right now, a one-year-old, a one-year-old will jump on your head or pull your hair. They're worshipping this child. Even baby Jesus in this manger is worthy of our worship this is god that's who jesus is and it says they presented him they opened up their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold frankincense and myrrh frankincense and myrrh were used back in bible times they might not have bathed every day like we should be bathing every day so they would put some type of perfume and scents on us i read dear abby in the newspaper, and I saw last week in Dear Abby, one guy was bragging to Dear Abby that his wife should be proud of him that he bathes four to five times a week. You know, I'm one of those, I'm one of those I bathe every day kind of guys. You know, I'm a, a daily bath man. That's what I promote as well. I'm not a four or five times a day. I heard an amen to that. You, you, you know, you know when, you have, when you've been around folks that haven't taken a bath, you kind of know. You, they have a, a, the odor and smell comes along with them. But Bible times, they did not have running water like we have. They didn't have indoor plumbing like we have. So you got maybe the weekly bath, so you would put your frankincense and myrrh on, and it would assist you in, that, in your smell around others. It would give you a boost with that. So that would be very common, a gift to give, frankincense and myrrh. But they also received gold. And I want to tell you why. Because there was, a, there was something coming. And Joseph and Mary did not know this was going to happen. Joseph and Mary were a poor family. They did not have a lot. Mary raised a little baby. Joseph was a carpenter. They were just, um, just a, a young family with a little baby taken care of. But they were about to make an international trip. And they have never left their country before. They've never gone anywhere internationally. They were about to go to Egypt. And there's times in our life that God leads us to Egypt. But Egypt is not a place you want to stay. Jesus crossed international borders. He went to Egypt. He went... Uh, Israel is located in the Middle East, which is part of Asia. He crossed and went into Egypt, which is in the continent of Africa. Jesus went to two continents. And this is what's going to happen here. It says, After being warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. They decided, we can't... God spoke to these wise men. They can't go back to Herod because Herod's just waiting to hear from them because he's going to kill all these children. These children are going to die. 
After they were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Get up! Take the child and his mother. Flee to Egypt and stay there until I tell you. For King Herod is about to search for the child to kill him. This was a midnight escape. And you're saying, well, how? How could this poor little family fund a trip to Egypt? Oh my goodness. These wise men from the middle of nowhere brought a big a, a bag of gold to them to help fund their travels. God provided for this young family. The Lord takes care of you and I with unexpected people in unexpected places. Out of nowhere, these men came to fund Mary and Joseph's midnight trip to Egypt. That saved Jesus' life. And there's times in our life that we also have to go to Egypt. The Lord leads us and guides us to Egypt. And the reason why is because we don't, we don't, they did not understand all the details of why. But God had to have them there, so King Herod, he had to pass away before they would go back ultimately to Nazareth. Because King Herod, Herod the Great, he wanted to kill baby Jesus. Joseph and Mary didn't understand it. Just like if you're in Egypt, if you're in a place you don't want to be, you might not see what God's doing, but the Lord has a plan and a purpose. And you can look back, and you look back maybe years down the road, and you see what the Lord was doing from that doctor's appointment, from the loss of a job, from uh, the, the setback you had with your family, from a divorce. You don't understand all this, the, the circumstances now, but you know I see how God was working through this. We trust the Lord. He is our Creator. And it says here in verse 14, so he got up. Middle of the night, took the child and his mother during the night and escaped to Egypt. He stayed there until Herod's death. So he was probably in Egypt for a few years, we know from world history. So it was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, might be fulfilled. This is a quote from Hosea 11.1. Out of Egypt I called my son. Just like Moses had to go set the people free. The Israelites were in slavery out of Egypt. God delivered. Our life, if you're in Egypt, eventually God will call you out of Egypt. And you look back and you say, Lord, I don't know why I was there. I was in a place that was difficult, it was dark, it was pagan. And I want to tell you, our culture today, it's like living in Egypt. It's easy to go throughout your Christmas season this year, right here in Lexington, our wonderful city, and you will not hear the Christmas story. You might not see the Christmas story. You have to be intentional of looking for the gospel. Our culture is drifting away from the Lord, not towards the Lord. We, as a church family, and you as Christians, we have to boldly stand, make a stand, and proclaim the real meaning and the real truth of Christmas. It's all about Jesus. It's about this nativity story right here, being born in Bethlehem in a manger. And that is the Savior of the world. Jesus came ultimately so we can be saved. It says here, last few verses this morning, verse 16, it says, Then Herod, when he realized he had been outwitted by the wise men, he flew into a rage. This is bad news. 
He gave orders to massacre all the boys in and around Bethlehem, those who were two years old and under, in keeping with the time he had learned from the wise men. He ordered all the baby boys in Bethlehem to die. It's called infanticide. It's when you kill children. When you're killing your children, you have totally lost all credibility and touch with the world. Herod the Great was so jealous, so envious, so wicked of a man, he killed every single baby boy in Bethlehem. You know, that's tragic. Those other young families that Mary probably got to know that she was raising up her little boy there in Bethlehem. And the other mothers, maybe that Jesus played with, had playdates with, they were slaughtered because of Jesus. And Jesus got out of town at the nick of time. And then also is going to be called back. And it says here, verse 17, Then this is what was spoken through the Jeremiah, the prophet was fulfilled. A voice was heard in Ramah. That's the region there in Bethlehem, the vicinity. Weeping and great warning. Rachel weeping for her children. Rachel in the Old Testament is from Bethlehem as well. And she refused to be consoled because there are no more. All the children were slaughtered in this city. And Rachel, the mothers, are just weeping because they lost their wonderful children. There was a sense of loss, of sadness, when Joseph and Mary left Bethlehem. You know, there's great joy in this, this picture here. But this entire city and region will be thrown soon by King Herod into an uproar. And I think the principle for us, just like the wise men coming and searching for Jesus, we this Christmas, we come as Christians and as worshipers of this baby, we come just like the wise men and we worship Jesus. I encourage, I plead with you this morning to say, this Christmas season, I want to make sure that Jesus is worshipped, that this week, the family, the people I come in contact with, they will know that it's not about Santa Claus. It's not about giving gifts and doing things and looking at Christmas lights. It's about the Lord. We make sure we read this Christmas story, we tell this Christmas story, and we, just like the wise men, they bowed down on their knees, they worshipped Jesus, and they presented Him with gifts. They were Gentiles. This week, are you going to be worshipping Jesus? Are you going to be presenting Jesus with the gift? The gift... The best Christmas gift you give is the one that goes to Jesus. He is worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our gifts. And I think what God wants us to know, we look at these wise men. God put that story in the Bible about Jesus for a greater purpose, to show that even Jesus, just like us, we might be in Egypt. And Egypt for us is when we have a burden. Some of you might be here today. And you're here, but you're not really here. You're thinking about all the things you need to do today. You're thinking about uh, maybe a doctor's appointment. You're thinking about family you're going to see this week that maybe you don't get along with, and there's animosity and hurt feelings in the past, and you know you're going to have to talk to them. You know you're going to have to have a difficult conversation. You know maybe 
this Christmas, there's going to be a lot of fear with COVID. I mean, whatever it's going to be, there's going to be a sense of a burden that some of us bring this Christmas. And Jesus is telling us, you, just like the burden that, the, that Mary and Joseph, they had a burden probably being in Egypt. They were not expecting to be there. You leave your burden behind and you say, we are here to focus on the King. God will look back in your, you'll look back in your life and you say, Lord, what I was so anxious about, so upset about, so the things that were on my mind this Christmas season, Lord, you have used it for your glory. You have worked a miracle. You have removed this situation in my life. Maybe your burden is you know family members that are spiritually lost. They have no intentions of going to church this week or worshiping Jesus. They don't know what Christmas is about. And the burden that God's placed on your heart is for you to tell them the real meaning of the, of the Christmas story. And that's that Jesus came into the world and to save us ultimately of our sins. This morning, I want to invite you. We've come here and we're searching for Jesus. If you've come to this church, you will find Jesus. We are a church that tells the Christmas story. We're not here talking about Santa Claus. We're talking about baby Jesus. That's who we worship. That's who we give to. That's who we come to celebrate. And we lay our burdens at the altar for Him. If you're in Egypt, Christ eventually will call you out of Egypt. And maybe Egypt for you is a spiritual darkness. And you need to be saved. And that burden will be lifted when you trust Christ as your Savior. And I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that. I'm going to invite everyone to stand up. Beecher's going to come lead us in a song. I'm going to be standing down front. Zach Bauer is going to be standing here. And we respond to the gospel. We respond to Jesus, what he's doing. You come and you respond to what the Lord is doing in your life. We're going to stand and sing. And, the, and Zach and I are waiting for you to respond to Jesus.